Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. Remember, you can go to the podcast page on 630Ched.com and subscribe to the Inside Sports podcast, which involves me delivering an audio cassette of the show to your door every morning. Do you want to see who's, uh, who just rang the doorbell, honey? Just Wilkins again. He's got a tape of a show. I told him don't come by here anymore. <laughs> I want an A-track read. No, no, cassette only. People don't even listen to CDs anymore. I still do. I got tons of CDs. I still listen. I, I got my six-pack in my car, and it's loaded up with CDs every week. I change them in and out. Oh, really? Yep. Well, I guess in your car, maybe. Yeah, I'll still throw a CD in my car sometimes. Now, at home, it's all Apple Music. That's what I'm using. It's great. You just want a, you want a CD or you want to have it in your collection, you just put the hit the plus sign, and then it... You don't pay for it. You just pay a monthly fee, which is like 10 bucks, right? And then you have a, 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 a cloud account, and then the music's just there whenever you want to go listen to it. It's crazy. Nothing actually exists anymore. Soon, radio talk show hosts will just be a series of gigabytes. There'll just be a bunch of ones and zeros walking around. It won't even be a real person. Uh, anyway, the uh, Edmonton Eskimos have some real people coaching their team now. They uh, filled out their uh, coaching staff. You already knew about Mike Benavides, the defensive coordinator and assistant head coach. You already knew about Mike Gibson, who will be the offensive line coach and the run game coordinator. Corey McDermott, special teams coordinator. Casey Crean will coach the defensive line. Tim Princeton leaving the U of A to uh, become the Eskimos running backs coach. Baron Miles, who you'll hear from in a few minutes, will coach defensive backs. Jordan McSimmick, St. Albert native, will be the quarterback's coach. And to touch a little more on this, we bring in the play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Eskimos. It is Morley Scott. Morley, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm good, Reed. How are you? Doing, uh, doing very well. You know, I was thinking, uh, before we get into the coaching staff here, could this be a Riley-esque return for Connor McDavid? <laughs> well, uh, the, well, he's... Riley set the bar pretty high. He never lost a game. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It, it so, is interesting, uh, yeah, though. Well, you know what? No pressure, kid, right? Yeah. It is interesting. I mean, if you look at the, the, the two teams in the, the two biggest teams in the city, the two teams we broadcast here on 630 Shed, both of them lost their most important player for significant periods of time. I mean, basically half a season in both cases. Yep. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. 
and uh, it's all about recovery, right? I, I, I think the Eskimos were in a little bit, of better, little bit better position to recover uh, without their best player for a long period of time than the Oilers were. The, the Oilers, I don't think, are at that, that depth level yet where they can, they can win without big pieces of the puzzle. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I think the record uh, indicates that for sure. Anyway, uh, I, I digress. New coaching staff for the Eskimos today. A, a couple of spots still potentially uh, available, but I mean, we knew about Benavides and, and, and Gibson. Obviously, some of these names were floating around uh, morally before this. But did, did any did anybody surprise you today when their names showed up as, as part of the staff? Uh, not really. Uh, I mean, uh, those the names uh, had uh, most have been rumored pretty good, except for Tim Frenson. His name really hadn't been out there in the rumor mill that much. And it certainly wasn't out there as a running backs coach, but that's the that's the job he's got. He's decided to leave the U of A. And I know I talked to him today a little bit, and, and it was tough. Uh, he said it was really tough for him because they had just started to, you know, they're starting to get some traction in the U of A program, which had, uh, which had fallen down a long, long, deep hole. And uh, they started to get some traction with Chris Morris, who's done a real good job there. And, and uh, Tim was saying, he's, you know, it's kind of sad he's not going to be around for the end of it. But this was, you know, as we've heard it before, this was an opportunity to give up. So it's a chance for him to expand his horizons, too. He's going to work uh, not just with the offensive line, which has been his kind of calling throughout his uh, coaching career, but he's going to be a running backs coach and get a chance to learn more and get involved more. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, an interesting staff, and I think most of the names we probably uh, could guess at, but uh, Princeton's name was thrown in today, and there's still two more to come, maybe. I don't know, when we when we talked with, with Jason Moss today, he said receivers coach and linebackers coach, but he wants the right guys. And if you can't find the right guys, he said, Mike Benavini's has coached linebackers before, and I've coached receivers, so we'll handle it in-house if we can't find the right guy. I, I did find that interesting from Jason Moss where he said, yes, absolutely, I wanted guys who have coaching experience, specifically um, you know, CFL coaching experience, though he said he wasn't, he wasn't afraid to, to, to look around. But he also said, I, I'm not afraid to hire a guy for a job that is, is slightly different than what he's done before. And, and you mentioned Princeton. Uh, the offensive line and the running game, go hand in hand so he's not he's not uncomfortable saying i'm going to hire a guy who might have to step slightly outside of what has been his comfort zone and do the running backs instead of the o-line because it seemed to me jason was really saying i want coaches who are as well-rounded as possible and it doesn't it, he doesn't seem like he's afraid of coaches who know what the responsibilities of his colleagues are yeah for sure and i think we can kind of reference back to the way chris jones likes his players right we talked so much last year about how he wanted every player to be able to play every position and i think it, this is almost the way jason moss is treating his coaching staff to a certain extent you know he's got coaches who could coach multiple positions on this football team i mean you've got an offensive line coach who was a head coach at the cis level last year the year before that he was an offensive coordinator in the CFL, and Mike Gibson, Mike Benavides has coached special teams. He's coached linebackers. He's been a head coach. He's been a defensive coordinator. Um, you know, uh, Jordan McSimmick, he was uh, a running backs coach last year. This year, he's a quarterbacks coach. Uh, he definitely has a, a very, it seems, a very versatile group of coaches, and I would think that would be an interesting dynamic in the meeting room, and there'd be all sorts of ideas and all sorts of topics being floated out at certain times. So it might make for an interesting dynamic. 
Morley Scott joining us inside Sports on 630 Chet, talking about the uh, Eskimos coaching staff for the 2016 season. As Morley uh, mentioned, no linebacker coach named. Maybe there won't be. Uh, no receivers coach named. Kez McCorvey left, uh, I guess, a little over a week ago or last week uh, to go coach in the NCAA. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, it, Moss did say today, though, I mean, he didn't come out and say McCorvey was going to be on the staff, but he certainly indicated he was, at the very least, in the running. Yeah, it sounded like he was clearly in the mix. He said he was in the mix. So, uh, possibly, we'd heard stories that he was going to be the guy, uh, and maybe that offer he got at uh, Middle Tennessee was, uh, you know, he used the phrase again, too good to turn down, and a chance to go coach a little bit closer to home and, and be more involved, possibly. So, yeah, I don't know. That's a tough – I think it's tough the deeper you get into the offseason to find the coaches you want because a lot of the good coaches have jobs now, right? I mean, we're into February now, and there's teams that are having meetings and putting playbooks together already. So it might be tough to find the guys you want right now. Maybe he will have to go the route he talked about uh, with himself and Mike Benavides, maybe some other guys pitching in and, and working with the linebackers and the receivers and then try and find that guy next offseason or those guys next offseason to come in and coach. February is actually a very significant month every year in the Canadian Football League. Morley, before I let you go, just give us a sense of what else we're going to see happen this month. Well, the big thing, of course, uh, is uh, is free agency day, which is a week from tomorrow, February the 9th. Yes, we'll still have some, some pretty primed free agents who do not have contracts right now. Uh, and the two guys that come to mind mostly are J.C. Sherrod and Aaron Grimes on defense. I think those are the two biggest guys that Ed Irvy's going to have to try and sign. Uh, both guys, to me, seem like Eskimos. Both guys, uh, to me, are guys who probably want to come back, but uh, it, the closer it gets to February 9th and the free agency date, the more I kind of worry about it and are concerned about if they're going to come back or not. Um, because you know what's going on across one province over, right? Uh, um, <laughs> The more, the closer you get to being able to listen to what Saskatchewan can offer and what Chris Jones can offer, the closer you are maybe to going there. I don't know, but we'll have to wait and see. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's really in the mix or not, but it's going to be very interesting over the next little while to see if those guys can get signed to new contracts. They've got to find a guy, whether it be through free agency or just bringing a guy in from from the south, you know, to replace Dexter McCoyle at that uh, wide side. Uh, or at the outside linebacker spot, they got to find a guy to replace Willie Jefferson. Both of them signed with the uh, with the NFL. So that's the big thing is is free agency, and that's going to start one week from uh, tomorrow. Uh, the other big date that not really it's not really a big football date, but it's a big date for the fans in February. At some point in February, the schedule is going to come out for the new season. I know that's always a pretty big date for the fans around the Kings football. League. All right, but they haven't said the day for that, eh? There's no schedule no. for the schedule. No, the schedule is unscheduled as of now. <laughs> okay, well, they'll sneak it out on us uh, one day. Morley, thanks for making time for me uh, tonight. I know you were live from 11.30 to noon. Uh, I was with you there at uh, at Commonwealth and uh, everything on the Eskimos page on 630shed.com. I will talk to you tomorrow, man. All right, Rito. See you later. Morley Scott checking in tonight, play-by-play voice for your Grey Cup champion, Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, some good texts coming in about the All-Star game, by the way. We will get to those before the end of the show tonight. When we get back, I, I, I sat down with Baron Miles today, now the Eskimos defensive backs coach, a guy who has played and coached against the Eskimos for uh, like 16 years. Really good player with the Alouettes and the Lions. Four-time 
Grey Cup champion will now be calling Commonwealth home for the first time. We'll catch up with him when we get back. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. There is one of the greatest guitar intros in the history of rock and or roll. 820 Inside Sports on 630 Chet. I know what I'm doing when I, when I get home tonight, Matthew. Uh, I'm going to play some CCR. Well, I may at some point, but that's not what I was thinking of. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I just finished playing CCR, so I'm like, well, maybe I'll go home, put on uh, some Fortunate Sound or something like that. Sorry, not connected. Not, not, not connected at all. Get bringing up a bit of a random topic here. Apparently, and just from judging on Twitter, I've kind of already seen some minor spoilers, unfortunately. Going to watch that uh, third X-Files episode. Oh, yeah. I'm going to watch that, too. This is supposed to be a good one. This is supposed to be the best one of the little six the th- six miniseries they're doing. So oh, I yeah. can't wait. Get home. Watch that on the, on the old, uh, off the old VCR. Hopefully I set the timer properly. Just fly through the commercials. Hope my beta player works, too. A little bit of beta. Beta better quality than VHS. That's you know, why I have you know one that? for. <laughs> You're a bit of a tape connoisseur. Uh, all right. This, why is What is this? Wolf Blitzer texting the show. Read breaking news flash. Cruz beats Trump in the Iowa caucuses. Is that true? Cruz, I'm watching it right now. Cruz is beating uh, Trump by about 5,000 votes right now. And uh, Marco Rubio's in the third place. Is this Tom Cruise or Penelope Cruise? Ted Cruise. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway. Hey, uh, I, so Baron Miles is going to coach the Eskimos defensive back. This guy was a great player, a great defensive back in the CFL. Uh, he's been coaching the last few years. I uh, asked him why Edmonton is the next stop for him in his coaching career. For my career going forward, it, it was the right step. I mean, being back with Mike, being connected with Jason, um, advancement. I mean, that's the whole point. Everyone wants advancement in their life. And in this business, it can come and go just as fast as, as you get it. So I think uh, for me, it was a great move and it's something for me to look forward to. You, you played in the league. You're an excellent player. Um, you, you've been a part of a couple of coaching staffs. How has the, the, the secondary, the defensive back position changed, if at all, during the time you've been in the CFL? Um, it hasn't really changed. It, it, the guys are young and athletic. And when I played, either you could play or you couldn't play. And everyone didn't depend on I could run fast or I could jump high and I'm 6'3 or whatever. If you could play, you could play. And it was a, that was the bottom line. And I think now the young, youthful guys are athletic, able to run, able to jump, and that's all they're relying on. They're not relying on, relying on knowing the game, figuring out schemes and how to defend certain things. And I think um, that's where I come in. I, I can help them with it. And they have this great athleticism, great length, great size, and they need somebody like myself. I mean, you mentioned the athleticism. Do you think that we're, we're starting to see, and I'm just wondering, given the way the defenses have really been strong in the CFL the last couple of years, and, and to point out an Eskimo, a Dexter McCoyle, who's just a huge athletic 
man who can do a little bit of everything. Do you think the the great athletes are now more guys are picking defense? Because it seemed to me, you know, everybody wants to score. Everybody yeah. wants to hear their name announced. But now it seems like, I don't know if some of those Ravens defenses changed it 15 years ago and these kids were thinking it's pretty fun to play defense too. I don't know. Are we getting better athletes on D now? We always, we always had better athletes. I think the fans, the, 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 the media, everyone else is blowing up the defenses now more than they are the offense. I think they've taken more of a stance that, hey, the defense are, defensive guys are pretty athletic. They're, they're doing great jobs. And with the Baltimore Ravens coming up and having great defense and winning championships and the Seattle Seahawks with their defense, people are talking about defenses now, and, and it's not no, nothing new. We knew it all along, but, you know, it, it – Defense is not a glamour thing. It's a blood and guts and hard nose, grind it out. It's dirty and it's boring and no one wants that. So um, to say that, I don't know. Athleticism has always been there. You have to be very athletic to cover somebody. You have no clue of where he's going. So I think it's, that's very tough. So I think um, to say that, ah, athleticism has always been there. I think the, the society is catching up to it. Eskimos defensive backs coach Baron Miles joining us in Inside Sports. You're also the director of player development. development how, yes. how will that role work for you? Um, it would just just help us keep guys ready, keep guys ready to be ready to play. I think um, guys sit on the sideline too often or sit in the locker room too often with their heads down, complaining about I should be playing, I not should be playing. And I'm there to help them, guide them, understand film work, and to stay ready. And if we do that, then you, you're able to. Plug a, plug a guy in and be ready to play. You won, uh, what, um, do you have any rings on? Two great, no two, two great cups as a player, two as a coach? Yes, two as a player, two as a coach. And what is the challenge, as you see it, to coaching a team that won last year? And I know it's there's going to be different faces, but I think some important players who won the great cup as Eskimos last year will return. What What is the challenge towards coaching a quote-unquote defending champion? Um... For myself, I, I, I think um, complacency. And I don't have any complacency. None of the coaches that just got hired has any complacency. So um, you could throw that one out the window. I think we're going to add that added energy to the guys just because we want a ring too. So why not get it with these guys that just came off of winning one? So I think um, for us, it, it's... You know, the complacency, yes, I would say that, but as a coaching staff, we don't have time to be complacent because we're in an environment right now that wants to win, and that's what we're here to do. And one final one, final one. from your uh, playing days, do you have, well, I guess there's a coaching day too. Do you have a favorite Commonwealth Stadium memory as a visitor? I, I do. I do, but um, you might not want to <laughs> want to hear. Well, it. we can take it because you're one of us now. Okay, um, it was when um, I think it was with Copeland and all those guys. We was doing dances and things like that, and it was a big show because we weren't gonna be able to dance in Edmonton and all that. And then um, they came out and ran a four by one relay on the track because they didn't want nobody dancing on the field. So I got a kick out of that as a defensive guy. That was pretty hilarious. That is Baron. Miles, well, now he'll be hoping teams don't come to Commonwealth Stadium and celebrate. Interesting addition to the Oilers' coaching staff, Inside Sports on 630 Chet, brought to you by, or to the Eskimos coaching staff, pardon me, Inside Sports presented by AMA. Be listening tomorrow for your Alberta Motor Association's Oilers Hockey AMA Safety and Savings 
for your family. Coming up on the 8.30 news, you can text us at 6.30, 6.30. Kind of get to a grab bag of texts here. I want to play a little bit from Mike Benavides, new Eskimos defensive coordinator and assistant head coach. Little more from McClellan and McDavid as well. Phone lines remain open, 780-496-0063. I will touch on my trip to Los Angeles and my experience at the Lakers game as well. A lot still to cover in the final half hour of the show. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Shad. bomb still out of action. I had Adam Clendenning practice today with the Oilers. Don't know if he's going to play tomorrow, but we'll see. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Thank you for tuning in tonight. So, 5.30 face-off show tomorrow. 7 o'clock for the drop of the puck. Yes, it is 29th against 30th in the NHL. The Oilers 29th. The Columbus Blue Jackets 30th. Oilers have lost three straight, if you can remember back that far. Over a week ago since they lost to the Nashville Predators. McDavid will return. His wingers will be Pouliot and Eberle. I don't even think Abs and I have played a shift together before, so I think uh, this will be a little bit different for us. Well, maybe a little bit of an adjustment, but I'm definitely excited to play with a guy like uh, like Jordan. and um, Obviously, Pou I have a little bit of experience with, so um, definitely excited about it. How do you think you can match with Eberle potentially? I think it could be very good. I mean, he's uh, obviously everyone knows what he's like around the net. He's got those quick, great hands and a, and a you know, deceiving shot that you know, fools goalies a lot of time so um, if you get him uh, the puck in a good spot you know he's going to finish it. All right got a tweet here from Boris who says uh, Everly gets paid top line performance dollars for secondary scoring production save the money on the cap hit trade him that is from Boris. All right well we will see we will see if he lights it up more reason to keep him, is it not? Head coach Todd McClellan asked if his uh, his team's going to get a spark of energy from McDavid's return. He, he was was driving our team, and he was the energizer guy um, when he got hurt. Uh, I think the rest should energize our team too. Now, I, I think I have to make this clear. Like I am concerned about the rustiness and the ability to, you know, get back get back up into game shape. But I think our team needed that the way. We had to overplay guys because of injuries. Um, so we may take it on the chin a little bit as far as polish goes right off the bat. But the reset button came with time off. Um, it came with uh, um, kind of a foundation practice today and some real good video. We got to review our game in, in a lot of different areas and spent some time working on it. Um, throw Connor into the mix. Um, I think it's exciting. Uh, but. About 25 games ago, I said I worry about when Connor comes back because everybody takes a deep breath and you know Connor's back. We're okay. It doesn't happen that way. Connor's back, and 19 guys have to find their game and find it quickly and give us even more than they have been. Well, that's true. Uh, it is. It is not all about Connor McDavid tomorrow. I mean, he's a guy who's going to play what 16, 17, 18 minutes tomorrow night. So everybody has to step up, but but it, those minutes could be could be game changing. And like I said, if you're the opposition, you really know when McDavid's on the ice. And 
I, I think just the presence of McDavid makes the other team think defense and be less aggressive when he's on the ice. So that's the Oilers' advantage if they can actually make it an advantage tomorrow night. You can text 630-630-780-496-0063. Got some texts in here about the All-Star game that I want to get to. Nick, so I'm, I'm just going to read uh, Nick's te- text again because it was a really good one. He says, I would love to see the All-Star voting process to allow one journeyman vote per division with each team nominating their player. The fans then vote in their favorite player. So it's specifically unsung guys, heart and soul guys, quote-unquote non-skilled guys, non-point producers, and you'd have one per division, one per the four teams if, as, as long as they keep this format. Jamie says, I like that idea from Nick. Kyle says uh, you could pick a guy who's uh, a Masterton nominee, which they don't have yet at this time of year. But it would be that type of player, a dedicated, sportsmanlike, perseverance-type player, the Matt Hendricks of the world. Maybe not the John Scotts of the world, but certainly the Matt Hendricks of the world. Somebody texted in and say you could have guys like Dale Weiss, Brandon Sutter. This is from DW, who says that would be a good twist it would keep the John Scotts out but those grit guys would have a chance Tyler says I would say that a fullback in the NFL is a lot like your Hendricks example look at a player like John Kuhn from the Packers he might be the most popular player on the team after Aaron Rodgers and the Pro Bowl does have a place for a player like him the nature of football that uh, you know guys who don't handle the ball or handle the ball a lot still have positions. So could we make the NHL All-Star game about more than the scores? It doesn't have to go as far as having the John Scotts in, but one slot per team, one slot per team for an unsung guy that wouldn't get a chance, right? He wouldn't get a chance because he doesn't score enough, he isn't flashy enough, he's not a big hitter, whatever. Hendricks is the perfect example for the Oilers. You could certainly pick a guy off each team. Right? And I think that would add a lot of flavor, and it would still give the fans uh, an underdog to cheer for and still have the best players in the game all out on the ice together. I think that's a cool idea. Very cool idea. Thanks to uh, Nick for texting that in. Uh, Chuck says, I'm pumped for tomorrow's game. I think they are going to win 6-2. Go Oilers and welcome back McDavid. Took you long enough. That is from Chuck. Rob Brown, who was on the show earlier, I forgot to mention this with Rob. We'll talk about it tomorrow. He predicted tomorrow the Japanese village goal light will go on. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, that gets turned on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com, and you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese village. Rob Brown predicted it's going on tomorrow night. He predicted it about two and a half weeks ago. If there's ever a team that should be ripe to score five goals on, I would say it's the one team behind you in the standings that has an equally bad goal differential that doesn't have a player the caliber of Connor McDavid returning to their, their lineup or in their lineup any night. Maybe uh, Rob's Brown prediction is Rob Brown's prediction is going to come true. Okay. Well, what do you want to do here? Uh, I'll do this first. Gary the Mailman says, Hey, Reed, all these people who are saying to trade Jordan Everly are not Oilers fans. They're from Calgary, Toronto, Montreal, you name it. And, of course, they want us to trade a good player. That is from Gary the Mailman. Well, that is the beauty thing about the text line. I mean, the, the phone line is anonymous to 
an extent, but you actually have to talk to me, right? The text line, you can do it. And you know what's funny, Matthew Pasek? On the text, it doesn't happen often, but it has happened. Somebody will call in with a viewpoint, okay? They, uh, they love cricket, all right? And they're like, why don't you talk about cricket more on Inside Sports? And they'll sign it, Darren, right? And then seven minutes later, you get a text that says, oh, uh, hey, Reed, your show would be better if you had more cricket on the show. Sign Paul, whatever. The thing that people don't realize is I can see the phone number that it's coming from, right? So all I have to do is click on a, someone's number, and it shows me all the texts that that person has ever sent the station. So you can't fool me by just signing uh, a different name to it. <laughs> and then I'll think, oh, 20 people think this. I'll, I'll know if it's you texting 20 times. Um, but, yeah, I mean. We, I mean, sometimes it is fans of other teams that uh, text in and try to play around a little bit for sure. Do you want to do the Benavides clip or do you want to do uh, a little bit on uh, the L.A. trip? What do you want to do here first, Matthew? Oh, let's talk some CFL football first, Reed. I'm interested to see what Mike Benavides has to say. The clip I want to play is, and this is a good one, what is it like coaching the defending Grey Cup champion team? There's no doubt that I experienced that, and when you're coming into it, and we spoke about it in the staff this morning, you want to make sure you deal with the human being and make sure that the human spirit and the competitive spirit isn't, you know, uh, taken care of. Which means is, it's it's if if they're content, if they're happy, if they're satisfied, you got an issue. And so when you reach to the top of the mountain, everybody else is going to come at you with things and as hard as they can. That's the biggest matchup. When they look at the schedule coming up in the next week or two, they're going to circle that. Those are champions. Those are the ones we got to knock off. So you get everybody's best shot and you got to make sure that the competitive spirit isn't uh, satisfied and I think that's a, a big issue you got to do. I thought that was interesting he went through it in NBC right now he's going to go through it not as a head coach but as a assistant head coach in Edmonton. The Eskimos have always preached this is not last year especially especially when they went 4 and 14 into Jones's first season right? It was very much, this is not last year. Last year is over. We don't refer to it. So they're going to have to keep that mentality. The team that won last year, in their own mind, can't think about it as being a defending champions. Because really, you're not defending anything. you gotta, you got to start all over again. But everybody else in the league looks at you as the defending champion. And Benavides made a good point. Everybody's going to look. Fans of all the other teams are going to look. When do we play the Eskimos? When do we play the Eskimos? When do we play the measuring stick? Just like how in this city for the last three years is, now we know when the Calgary games are, but they usually play them a third time as well. What, you know, when are the Calgary games? Who, who's around the Calgary games? What, are, what our record is going to be going into Labor Day, right? A lot of it for us is centered around Calgary, Calgary, Calgary. Well, now the rest of the league, we're, I mean, now Stampeders fans, well, now we got to get back up to Edmonton's level, right? They beat us. They knocked us out. Sure, we were both 14-4, and four, but... They beat us the last two regular season games. Now, I mean, now the Eskimos wasn't as long as Calgary's winning streak. Now the Eskimos have beat Calgary three times in a row. What are the Stampeders saying? What are the Rough Riders saying? Oh, guess what? <laughs> when do we play Edmonton? We got to beat these guys. What's Ottawa going to say? When do we play the team that beat us in the Grey Cup? We got to beat those guys. So, defending champs is not an accurate term, but that's how you're going to be perceived around the rest of the league. <laughs> This is great from uh, Gurn. I hope I'm saying that right. Hey, Reed, uh, trade McDavid to Calgary for Weidman and a draft pick. 
Following up on uh, Gary the Mailman's text that uh, maybe maybe it's Flames fans texting in some of these trade suggestions. Um, you know, the Oilers might have to trade McDavid and Everly to get Weidman. Don't you think, Matthew? <laughs> oh, uh, boy. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a funny one. That's the text of the night coming in from Gurn tonight, the 630, 6.30. All right. Uh, tell you what, Matthew, we'll do it. We'll do a quick break. Uh, we'll catch up on some other thoughts from listeners tonight, and I'll talk a little bit about my uh, trip to Los Angeles and my attendance of a game involving the lowly Los Angeles Lakers. From the Listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight, 849. By the way, remember to tune into the Ryan Jesperson show tomorrow morning, 9 to noon. Is this, they're going to have all 32 candidates from Ward 12 in studio? Yes. So it's like a Royal Rumble, but on the radio and with politicians. So it's really nothing like the Royal Rumble. But if I were to make a half-assed comparison on the spur of the moment, that's what I would pick. It's going to be awesome, Reed. I can't wait. I'm going to I'm, I'm I'm gonna be here tomorrow. To so. well, I always listen to Jespo, especially when I'm driving to and from the rink when I got practice or the morning skate to attend. And, uh, they must have them coming through the studio. I imagine there will be 32 of them, and some of them will have a handler with them. Well, how it's going to work, Reed, is it's going to be three people per time each person gets a minute and then there's a vote of uh, who gets to stay and who get who goes oh, so two go and so, one stay so it's like a bracket yeah. it's Last like the ncaa standing. tournament so there's gonna be three there's okay so there's uh how many 32 candidates yep three in the studio at a time yep so that's well that's not divisible by three evenly interesting so they'll have i guess 10 brackets with three and one with two so they'll have like 11 regionals, like in the NCAA basketball tournament, and then they'll advance, you know, to the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, the Final Six, I guess. I, I don't know. I'm just making it up as I go. So, all right. So, that'll, that'll be fun. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. I just can't wait. All right. <laughs> so, uh, Oilers hockey coming up tomorrow at 6:30. Chad, the coverage will start at 5:30. Going to be a fun day on Chad Stoff. We'll have Oilers now from noon to two so i visited the uh southern california last week stayed in santa monica which is right right on the coast there great spot uh my buddy jay on lives there didn't stay with him this time but got to visit him and his wife and their uh new daughter isabel it was great to meet her for the first time so the the lakers are playing so uh i said don Wright, can you get tickets and uh he's like yeah probably so he got tickets so I go to the game on Thursday, Lakers against the Bulls. Pretty good. They were Fox's seats. Like, they were where Rupert Murdoch usually sits. Well, probably not, but that's what I like to tell myself. Pro- you know, probably, what's a prominent Fox show? It's probably where David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson would sit when they go to a Lakers game. Okay, that's where I, that's where I was sitting. I was in the X-Files seats. Ryan Seacrest seats. So, see. Seacrest. I think that doesn't he host a morning radio show in LA as well? Yes, he does. What does he do? Is he the American Idol guy? 
Yes, he is the American Idol host. Or is he the uh, Jeopardy guy? He's the host of Jeopardy. So anyway. <laughs> I'll talk. Uh, Trebek. <laughs> Your mother, Trebek. Anyway. Um, so, so I'm in these, uh, I'm in Rupert Murdoch's seats. And they're about halfway up. Nice little section. You get food served in your seats and all that kind of stuff. So I go to the game a little early. For, oh, by the way, first of all, if you, if, I'm sure a lot of people have visited L.A. If you haven't visited L.A., everything you have heard about the traffic is 100% true. Have you been there, Panasic? Oh, yeah. The traffic is a the, nightmare. The, the traffic is stupid. I mean, as, as, as beautiful as it is there and especially Santa Monica is just in- incredible. It did it did rain yesterday, but you know, high teens most of the week uh for ten one, one day I think was in the 20s. But the the thing is like you you go to LA or or anywhere in the LA area and you think, "Wow, this is incredible. How cool would it be to live here?" And then you're on a freeway or a road and you immediately think to yourself, "I could never live here." <laughs> because it takes I mean, you you would have to live within 12 blocks of work so you could walk there, but that's impossible because everything is, is separated, right? So uh, I took an Uber from Santa Monica to the Staples Center. Now, the game's at 7.30, left at 5.15, and I knew it was going to take probably an hour. It took an hour and 20 minutes. I don't know how long the trip was, 14 miles maybe or something like that. It's not. It wasn't overly far. But you're on freeway, the freeway, and you're, it's a six-lane freeway. Six lanes, one direction. Not six total. Six in one direction. And at times, you are stopped. You are at an absolute standstill. So finally get into downtown L.A., get dropped off, walk around L.A. Live, go to the game. And, you know, I was talking to Jay, obviously, before going to the game. This is the, the Kobe Bryant year. The, Lo- the Los Angeles Lakers are now 9-41. and 41. They have a winning percentage of 180. They are 36 games out of first place in the Western Conference. <laughs> uh, they are 29th in the NBA. Hey, now, Matthew, I let me tell you something. I know a little bit about watching teams in the bottom five positions in their league. I, re- I really do. Trust me. The Los Angeles Lakers are worse for a 29th place team than, than the Oilers are for a 29th place team. There, there's no comparison. They are horrible. And, I mean, I'd, I'd seen them play a little bit following the scores. I knew they were horrible. Seeing them in person, they are horrible. And But it's interesting. They've gotten a free pass from the fans this year. It's, it's all Kobe. It is all Kobe's retiring. I mean, even their general manager said early in the season – we're going to make this about Kobe. And I'm wondering how many franchises could, could get away with that. That this is just a, we are in the toilet. We're not even trying to swim out of the toilet. We're all going down the flusher just so Toby can be on the throne, so to speak. <laughs> I think the Rangers got away with it, Reed, when Gretzky retired at the end. At the end, when he announced his retirement. The Rangers were a bad team that year, and I think they, I think they got away yeah, with it. Yeah, but they only they didn't confirm his retirement until right no. at the end of the season. I'm just I'm, saying. I'm, I'm, here's, here's what I'm wondering. What would have it been like if Gretzky had stayed at Edmonton his whole career? You know? 
So I guess I guess the way to, to tie this in locally is that if McDavid becomes a, a great player, and we had a texter earlier that that is uh, you know not convinced it's going to happen, but let, but let's say Connor McDavid plays 15 years with the Oilers and they win four Stanley Cups and he wins seven Hart Trophies, like pick outrageous numbers that he's Kobe. I mean Kobe's been one of the best players in the league basically since he came into the league, right? So let's say. And we all hope it happens that that the Oilers become a great team, and it extends for over a decade. And then it looks like the you know it's near the end. McDavid's near the end. He's 35 years old, and 10 games into the season, the Oilers have started uh, two and eight, and he says, "I'm I'm retiring." And the Oilers were just like, yep, well, we're not going to do anything. We're just going to lose. And you're going to all watch McDavid for the last time and say goodbye. And that's all we're, we're going to do. I wonder if fans would accept that if it came after an extended period of success. That's what's happening with the L.A. Lakers. They just, it's done. They're, they're just going to lose. They're, everybody's just going to watch Kobe and cheer for Kobe. He scored 10 points in the game. He got four baskets, two two-pointers and a three-pointer. And the place went nuts every time. And that's all they cared about, was Kobe getting as many points as possible. So you pretty much went and watched the Chicago Bulls then, didn't you? Well, I was watching the game. The Bulls I know. are a pretty good team. Jimmy yeah. Butler's a good player. They that, are. That kid's good. All right. Uh, looks like we're wrapping it up. Thanks to everybody who called in and texted today. Thanks to our guests. You heard from Morley Scott. You heard from Baron Miles. Rob Brown. Marty Klinkenberg as well. Bob has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. 5.30, we'll sign on for the face-off show. 7 o'clock for the drop of the puck, Oilers against the Blue Jackets. The studio producer tonight, Matthew Panashik, the producer of the show, is Dave Campbell. My name is Reed Wilkins. Always a pleasure to bring you Inside Sports. Talk to you soon. That doesn't seem to be a reason to change. You know, I feel so dirty when they start talking cute. I want to tell her that.